Welcome to Words to Lead By. I'm Linda Parkhouse. If you've just joined me, I'm glad to have you in the conversation. If you're a subscriber, thank you. I'd love your help in making comments on these episodes so others can find this resource. In my first podcast, I mentioned that my mentor confirmed that leadership is lonely. That idea resonated with several of you, so I thought I'd offer ways to overcome loneliness as a leader. We're not alone in our struggle with this. Loneliness is epidemic in our society. There are several studies to show that. The digital world gives us a way to hide our reality with posts about the highlights in life. It also sort of pushes us to get more likes and evaluate our worth based on what others see and think about it. In fact, Instagram has figured out that that's so destructive that they're stopping the business of the number of likes uh, for each of our feeds at some point, you'll see that. And that, I mean, to me is evidence that we tend to base our worth and value on the likes we get. As leaders, we have the privilege of building great relationships and modeling how to be friends to those we lead. But modeling it can't be our primary motivation. Let's do this because we were designed for relationships, and God intends that part of our purpose on earth is to be strong in nurturing friendship with Him and with people. So first, I'd like to address some underlying beliefs or lies that isolate us from people. We often believe that being vulnerable and transparent with people is dangerous. Well, Okay, sometimes it is when we choose people to share with that are unsafe, and I'm sure you've experienced betrayal at some point. I have too. We've been betrayed by someone we trusted, and that's deeply painful. Walking through it isn't something to do alone, though. See, and that's where the deal is. We can't be isolated. It's crucial to invite Jesus into the pain and talk it through with him, but we need a trusted friend or two to process our grief and our thoughts after such a betrayal. Those friends can help us set meaningful boundaries with the one who betrayed us and hold us accountable to persistently forgive and move forward. I recently went through something like that, and I had three or four friends who helped me think clearly about what had happened. They were honest. They listened to my pain. They were honest some more. When I got into a loop of isolation and anger and frustration, they showed me the way out of that. They both validated my pain, but also gave me the the courage and coaching to forgive and move forward. We all need people like that in our lives, even when we've been betrayed. But our tendency is to believe that that vulnerability and transparency is dangerous. That's a lie. Let's set that aside. I think the second thing down deep we believe is that we don't need friends. Well, that's not true. I know you can think about this and agree with me. We get so accustomed to leading and giving out and pouring out our life that we don't realize we don't have any close friends. We've scheduled our life so full of meetings and important things, quote unquote, (laughs) that we don't have any close friends. But we do need friends. Even Jesus had 12 people he hung out with most of the time and three that he entrusted most of his heart to. Now, those people didn't always care for him the way he longed for. And so in those times, he nestled into his heavenly father for comfort and strength. And we can follow that pattern. 
Finally, I think we tend to believe we don't have time for friends. Now, yes, we're busy, like I said before, with important meetings and da 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 da, but I don't think the fact that we don't have time for friends is true. We have time for everything that we think is important. Maybe our list of what is important is just too long. So let's evaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it, eliminating things we don't have to do, and choosing to make time for relationships that matter. A good exercise is to write down everything you do, and I do mean everything, from checking email to shopping for food to meetings and everything in between. Go through that list, circling the things that only you can do. You're the only person that can be the parent to your children or partner to your spouse. You may be the only person who can make your bed unless you have the resources to hire someone to serve in that way. As you go through the list, I bet there will be quite a few things that could be delegated or eliminated. Be tough as you go through the list and make sure that you ask for help from appropriate team members and don't let yourself be buried under the weight of self-importance. All of us need one or two close friends we could call at any time to pray with us, to help us out, and to rescue us when the car breaks down. In one of my small groups, we called those our 2 a.m. people. So, who are your 2 a.m. people? I mean it. Who have you invested in, and they and you, that you feel comfortable calling them right after 911? We once thought that our house had been broken into. And I immediately called one of those 2 a.m. people. He was in my small group, and I knew that he lived not too far away. So he came over, literally armed. <laughs> he had a uh, concealed carry permit, so don't worry. But he came over and stood there with me while we waited for the police. He did walk the perimeter of the house, just checking for signs of a break-in. Um, but then the police arrived and took care of going in the house for us. But that friend stood there and stood by me until they left, made sure I was okay. I mean, these are the kind of friends that I'm talking about. We also had a small flood in our basement, and that friend um, helped me by uh, finding out why, and then um, telling me who I could call to get help. Again, these it, they're not always just present, but they're people who are there for you in other ways. If you don't have those people, start by being a friend to a few people you think have potential. Take it one step at a time, trusting them with a few things until you've determined you can be a good friend to them and they to you. If you're struggling to identify that tribe of people, take a look at John Townsend's book, People Fuel. He has practical suggestions for being the friend others need and developing the friendships that will feed your soul. If you're not a reader, listen to him on Carrie Newhoff's Leadership Podcast, episode 286. Of course, we need to choose our close circle of friends wisely. I've found I have the energy to be a friend to only a handful of people. I like to choose those that are for me and not consistently negative. These people also have the ability to speak the truth to me with love. We need honest people around us, not yes people who never disagree with us. They need to be people we like being with and that don't have to that we don't have to be on for. You know what I mean? When we put our leader face on. People who like a few things you do and are different enough to bring richness and depth to your interactions. 
Invest in the relationships you choose. As I said at the beginning, friendship doesn't happen on social media. It happens face to face. My daughter is really good at this. She choose, has chosen a select group of friends that are positive and life-giving to her and that they kind of enjoy similar things. And every so often I'll see that she posts, I've set up the game that we're going to play for tomorrow night and, and have invited friends, can't wait. Well, she therefore has set up a time and an activity and invited specific friends so that she can develop connections. We generally don't do things unless they're on our schedule, Right. So make some time this week with one person you've chosen to meet in person. Talk about life, share a meal, hang out with a movie or board games. At first, this is going to require some effort, but you'll soon develop the habit and enjoy it. In review, we all need friendships with trusted people to defeat loneliness. That means we need to make room on our schedule Choose people we like to hang out with who are positive and honest with us. We get to be their friends too. So here are some potential action steps. If you've believed one or all of the lies I listed, stop yourself each time they come up and choose to believe you're created for relationships. Keep making efforts to build the right ones into your life. Another option is to identify your tribe. If you don't have one, follow the recommendations I made and the ones that are in John Townsend's book to develop them. Maybe your option is to make room in your life for friends. Make that list of all you do and start eliminating or delegating things and then schedule time for friends. Finally, if you've let some relationships falter, ask forgiveness from them and create some new time with them. Thanks for listening. If this was helpful to you, please write a review and make comments. Share it with somebody you think would enjoy it. Until next time, I'm Linda Parkhouse, and this is Words to Lead By.